Let's, uh, let's show David we can do this, okay? On three, everybody say glory to God. Ready? One, two, three. Glory to God. See there, David? We just have to know what to say. Uh, in the introduction to his book, Laugh Again, Chuck Swindoll tells a story about a precocious 10-year-old girl who was visiting her grandmother. And she very innocently asked, uh, Grandma, how old are you? Grandma said, Well, honey, when you're my age, you don't share your age with anybody. Oh, go ahead, Grandma, you can trust me, she said. No, dear, I, I never tell anyone my age. Well, Grandma got busy fixing dinner. Her granddaughter disappeared. Later, Grandma found the granddaughter with Grandma's purse, and she had Grandma's driver's license in her hand. And she said, Grandma, you're 76. And she said, that's right, honey. How, how did you know that? And she said, well, I just did the math on the, on the thing here from from the date now and, and the year you were born and all of that. And she said, well, that's nice, honey. And the girl kept looking at the driver's license. She said, it also says you made an F in sex, Grandma. <laughs> it's good to laugh, isn't it? And it's good for you. The Bible tells us so. Uh, our text for this morning's message is just one verse, and really it's just the first part of that verse. So let me read it for you. It's Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A cheerful heart is good medicine. In our home, we have a wall hanging of that verse uh, that says under the word laugh, the words of this verse in the King James, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And what the Hebrew, original Hebrew text actually says is a heart filled with joy or gladness or cheerfulness does good healing. It does good healing. The old saying, laughter is the best medicine, comes from this verse. And that's true. Medical studies demonstrate that, as a matter of fact. For example, uh, according to a study conducted by the University of Maryland in Baltimore, laughter is good for your heart. Dr. Michael Miller, who conducted the study, says laughter releases chemicals into the bloodstream that relax the blood vessels. In addition, hearty laughter reduces blood pressure and lowers heart rate. Miller, who was at the time the director of the Center for Preventive Cardiology at the University of Maryland, interviewed 150 patients who had suffered heart troubles and 150 who had not. Each patient was asked questions to measure their response in typical day-to-day -day situations and circumstances. And the results showed that individuals with heart problems were 40% less likely to respond with laughter to those situations 
than those without heart problems. Perhaps there is a causal factor involved. Dr. Michael Irwin of UCLA's David Geffen School of Medicine says, laughter releases endorphins, those feel-good hormones suspected of boosting immunity, and that might make you more resistant to disease. He says, at the very least, laughter reduces stress hormones, which we know have a bad effect on immunity. Medical studies show laughter actually massages the heart, the lungs, the pancreas, the liver, the intestines. It relaxes us internally. It helps with circulation and digestion, gives us extra energy. Laughter even helps control pain by reducing tension and increasing the production of those endorphins, which are the body's natural painkillers. A psychiatrist named Dr. Smiley Blanton once said, I've seldom been called on to help a person who had a sense of the ridiculous, and I've never had to treat anyone who could really laugh at himself. So a cheerful heart really is good for you. It really is good medicine. It really is a positive thing. If you want to be as healthy as you can, then lighten up. Take things more lightly. The uh, Christian apologist G.K. Chesterton said, Angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. <laughs> Who knows what might happen if you do the same thing? Now, you might respond to this by pointing out that the New Testament doesn't say anywhere that Jesus laughed. And you'd be right about that. It doesn't say anywhere that Jesus laughed. Now, on two occasions it says Jesus wept, Jesus cried. One was over Jerusalem as He prepared to come into the city, lamenting their resistance to Him and the message God had sent with Him and, and their failure to repent. And the other time was at the tomb of Lazarus in John chapter 11, as He saw the grief and the weeping that death had brought to those he loved and cared about. But I agree with one observer who said, uh, the Gospels tell us that Jesus wept because it was unusual for Jesus to weep. And they say nothing about Jesus laughing because it was so typical of his behavior. In other words, to have pointed out that Jesus laughed would have been obvious, would have been redundant, would have been unnecessary. And besides, Jesus could not have been a cranky old sourpuss and been as popular as he was. Jesus was an attractive personality. He drew crowds to him. He was charismatic and magnetic. So there's no doubt or any question that Jesus had to have laughed and had a good sense of humor and a, and a cheerful heart. Perhaps it was good medicine for those to whom He ministered as well. He had to have had a heart filled with joy to have been so popular with the crowds and so attractive. And joy, of course, is spoken of throughout the New Testament as a leading characteristic of a true Christian. And certainly there was no truer Christian than Jesus Himself, the Christ, the one from whom 
we draw our designation as Christian. In fact, joy is second only to love in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so forth. And I believe joy and laughter go hand in hand. But for some reason, we have a hard time thinking of God as having a sense of humor. We have a hard time thinking of God laughing, if you will. But uh, there's plenty of evidence in the Bible that God really does have a wonderful sense of humor. There's evidence in creation as well, if you look around. An example from the Scripture when God told Abraham that his 90-year-old wife Sarah was going to have a baby, Abraham fell on his face laughing. It says actually that uh, he laughed to himself, but God, who hears everything, heard Abraham laugh. And God said, okay, Abraham, I want you to call your son Isaac. You remember what the name Isaac means? He laughed. That's what it means. He laughed. When Sarah heard God telling Abraham that she was going to have a child in a year's time, she laughed to herself. But again, God said, in essence, I heard that. And she said, uh, oh no, Lord, I, I didn't laugh. She was afraid to tell God that she had laughed. But God said, oh yes, you did. And believe it or not, after Isaac was finally born, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Genesis 21, 6. That laughter was the outward expression of the joy that she felt in her heart. C.S. Lewis cleverly said that joy is the serious business of heaven. Joy is the serious business of heaven. God takes joy, laughter, cheerfulness seriously. It's a gift that He has given to us. In fact, it is His creation. God created humor and laughter and gave it to us as a gift to help us cope with the, the difficulties of our lives, of our circumstance. You know, if you check a lot of the most well-known famous humorists and comedians grew up in difficult circumstances, even abusive circumstances. And it sharpened their sense of humor, their wit, because they had to come up with ways to cope with their circumstances. It is a gift that God gives to us. Now, following Jesus can be difficult at times. We know that, we who are serious followers of Christ. But it is never without joy. It is never a joyless pursuit. We have to laugh a little along the way. We have to enjoy the fellowship of God and what other believers as God's gift to us, as His blessing upon us. We need also to let the world see that living for God is the best way to live. They need to be able to see the joy that we have in our hearts come out through our faces, our words, our actions, our attitudes. Chuck Swindoll has said, without exception, people who consistently laugh 
do so in spite of, seldom because of anything. Such infectiously joyful believers have no trouble convincing people around them that Christianity is real and that Christ can transform a life. Joy is the flag that flies above the castle of their hearts, announcing that the king is in residence. Have you known Christian believers like that who reflect that joy that Christ has given them down in their hearts? Think about that for a moment. I certainly have. And one I think of in particular since I have come here to Central Baptist Church. Some of you will know the name of Phyllis Hutchins. She passed away a couple of years ago, had to move to Nashville before that to be near family. But if you knew Phyllis, just the mention of her name brings a smile to your face because she was always smiling. She was always laughing. She loved to tell jokes and she could never get through one, it seemed, without laughing first. Today would have been her 85th birthday. She was one through whom the joy of the Lord shone in her face. When Christ lives in you, joy lives in you as well. Christ gives His followers a cheerful heart. A cheerful heart is a a good attitude, and a good attitude is good medicine. A study of a thousand people age 65 to 85 is illustration of the importance of a positive attitude in dealing with life. After almost 10 years of follow-up on this group of seniors, researchers found that people who described themselves as optimistic had a 55% lower risk of death from all causes and a 23% lower risk of heart-related death. Optimistic people tend to be more physically active, they drink less, smoke less, and they cope with stress more effectively. Now I ask you, who in the world could possibly have more reason for optimism than Christians, than believers? Who would ever have more reason for hope, for faith, for joy, for laughter than followers of Christ? After all, we have read the whole book, haven't we? We know how it ends. We know what all of this is going to end up doing, what all of this is going to wind up as. And God is the victor. And we belong to Him through His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no reason that we should not be optimistic and hopeful as His people. And unfortunately, we don't have that reputation for optimism or for positive attitudes or for joy showing on our faces, even among ministers. Have you uh, heard the one about the man who went to the airport to pick up a visiting preacher? He had never met the preacher, but he was confident that he could spot him in the crowd and when the group was coming out of the terminal, he saw the man, he walked up to him, he said, you must be our visiting preacher. And the man said, no, uh, it's my ulcer that makes me look that way. <laughs> Too many of us look like we have an ulcer all the time. Even us pastors. 
We ought to instead be more like H. Norman Wright, the well-known Christian author and professor, family therapist, grief and trauma specialist even. His late wife Joyce once wrote something interesting about him. She wrote, Sometimes Norm can be so positive and enthusiastic about whatever he's doing that it's disconcerting to me. I wonder if he's walking in the same world I am. Once we were fishing in a mountain lake. We hadn't caught a thing. Norm rowed the boat to five or six different spots looking for the fish to bite. Finally, after about three hours, he got this big grin on his face and said, Now we can really start fishing. We know where the fish aren't. <laughs> she said he has a wonderful enthusiasm for life that permeates everything he does. Maybe that's been the secret to his success and his longevity. He's still living and working in his middle 80s, I think. Don't be the kind of person who is always downcast, always pessimistic, always looking for how things will go wrong rather than how things will go right. You've certainly heard the saying, attitude determines altitude. It's truth. Our attitude, how we approach life, determines where we go in life, how we get along in life. Again, don't be the kind of person who's so focused on the whole that you miss seeing the donut. There are people who focus on what's missing rather than what we have. Don't be one of those. Now, I understand some of you may not feel like laughing today. Some of you may not since the joy, the pain of life may have you weeping instead. But that's okay. We read in the Old Testament book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 4. It says there is a time to weep and a time to laugh. But notice that the laughter comes after the weeping. If you are weeping, take heart. Don't be discouraged. If Jesus is your Savior, you are blessed beyond compare. One day... Your weeping will be turned to joy. Your tears will be dried. Your crying will become laughter. Jesus said as much in Luke chapter 6. Jesus said, Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Jesus didn't create us to be sad or brokenhearted or downcast. All of those things are a consequence of our own misbehavior. It's because of our rejection of God, our re rebellion, our resistance, our sin, that these things have come into our experience. God did not create us to have those things. It's our own doing. And Jesus Christ came to rescue us from sin, from the penalty of it, to give us life instead. And He is the only one who can turn your sadness into joy and your weeping into laughter. He can give you a cheerful heart. A cheerful heart. Laughter, joy that does good like a medicine. But the choice is yours. You get to make it. No one can make it for you. You get to choose how you're going to react to the things that come your way. 
We know there are bad things that come our way in life. We know there are bad things going on in the world out there around us. We see it on the news every day. But it's our free choice to choose how we react and respond to those things. Whether we do it with a with an optimistic, hopeful spirit, knowing that our salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ and no one can do anything ultimately to us, or whether we worry and fret about the things of this world to such a degree that our, our lives are miserable, even though joy is right there before us in Christ. The choice is yours. I'm going to conclude with a short little poem by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Title of it is The Winds of Fate. It says, One ship drives east and another drives west with the self-same winds that blow. Tis the set of the sails and not the gales which tells us the way to go. Like the winds of the sea are the ways of fate as we voyage along through life. Tis the set of a soul that decides its goal and not the calm or the strife. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of joy and laughter, cheerfulness, good humor. We thank you for the gift of a sense of humor that allows us to, to recognize the the absurdity in so much of what goes on in the world around us. And Lord, I pray that we might learn to take ourselves more lightly, to respond to the circumstances in which we find ourselves with the hope that you've given us in Jesus Christ. Lord, we know how the story ends. You have already revealed it to us, that you remain on your throne, that Jesus, the victor, leads us to victory as well. And I pray, Lord, we might keep that in mind as we suffer through the trials and the challenges that plague us in the present time, knowing that even though we may weep now, we will laugh as a promise of your word. And I pray, God, that you might lift our eyes toward you today to see all the goodness that you have showered upon us. And may we do so always in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. We're going to